From WWNO in New Orleans and WRKF in Baton Rouge, you're listening to Louisiana Considered. I'm Alana Schreiber. On today's show, we're gearing up for the Olympics. The Times-Picayune, The Advocate's LSU sports reporter, Scott Rabelais, tells us about all the Louisiana-based athletes gearing up for the 2024 Paris Games. Then we learn about the Olympic trials table tennis event coming to West Monroe. But first, opioid overdoses are on the rise in the Gulf South, largely driven by an increase in fentanyl. At one school in Louisiana, medical students are learning how to use Narcan to prevent overdose deaths. As the Gulf State's newsrooms Drew Hawkins reports, many of the students have been touched by the opioid crisis themselves. And a heads up, this story describes in detail the signs and symptoms of an overdose. Good morning, everybody. Hello. About 80 medical students, mostly second and third years, are packed into a classroom at the UQ Ochsner Clinical School in New Orleans. Today you're here because we're going to train you how to use Narcan or Naloxone. That's Jacob Basson. He's a fourth-year medical student who helped organize this training. Narcan is the brand name for naloxone, a medication that can almost instantly reverse an opioid overdose. You will be the first class of medical students in the state of Louisiana to be trained and then given a free dose of Narcan to keep on you in the case of an emergency. The number of opioid overdoses has been going up in the Gulf South. Louisiana's overdose death rate is nearly double the national average, and 95% of those deaths were caused by fentanyl, a synthetic opioid that's often mixed with other drugs to make them stronger. Fentanyl is about 50 times more potent than heroin, so it's easy to take an amount that can be deadly. Thank you. Basson turns it over to Sidera Montgomery, a Narcan trainer from the Metropolitan Human Services District. It's part of the Louisiana Department of Health. Montgomery has treated a lot of overdoses in her time. She has seen the worst and has the no-nonsense vibe of a high school principal. Good morning, everybody. Uh... She later told me she was nervous about presenting to medical students. Usually she's training cops and city workers. A stack of silver bracelets jangle on her wrist as she starts with the basics, the warning signs of an overdose. Pinpoint pupils and this thing that I call a death rat. You know, this deep gurgling type snore. So when that happens, you should be ready to act. Montgomery opens a box and pulls out a small device with a nozzle. It, It looks like nasal spray. That's because it is. So when you, when you take it out, this is how you hold it. Your thumb is on the plunger, okay, and ready to go. She walks the students through how to give someone a dose. Make sure that it's in the nostril. One student asks, how do you know if it's in far enough? Your fingertips will touch the tip of that person's nose. And once you get it there, you press. A small puff goes up into the air. You may have to put a little force behind it, but keep it in place. A lot of people in this room have seen opioid abuse up close. When Montgomery asked if they've ever seen an overdose before, multiple hands go up. One was at an LSU football game, another at a bachelor party. One student, Isabel Anderson, has a cousin who struggles with heroin addiction. So I do find it like really important to be trained because um, Narcan really is like a miracle drug in reversing overdoses. It's also close to home for Jacob Basson, the student who started the Narcan training initiative. Originally, this all started in high school. My brother overdosed from um, heroin. His brother's death set a fire inside of him. It's what made him want to get into medicine. 
He wanted to do something to help prevent other families, other brothers, feeling the way he did. Something took my brother away and I wanted to know more about it uh, and then turn that into something positive. Basson says when he got to medical school, he told the doctor his story. So from there, I started um, emailing a bunch of different uh, health organizations, seeing if they had any Narcan available because the big speed bump in the road was really funding um, to get the medication. Everyone wants to train, but it's hard to get the actual medication. Getting Narcan can be difficult in the Gulf South. It used to require a prescription in states like Alabama. Part of the reason is stigma associated with drug use and addiction. Last year, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration approved selling Narcan over-the-counter in all 50 states. But in places like Mississippi, it can sometimes be hard to find in pharmacies. Basson hopes to take his Narcan training initiative to other medical schools in the region. His dream is to have as many people armed and trained with the life-saving medication as possible, so nobody has to lose a loved one to an overdose like he did. For the Gulf States Newsroom, I'm Drew Hawkins. The Gulf States Newsroom is a partnership among public radio stations in Mississippi, Alabama, and Louisiana. The Paris 2024 Summer Olympics may be months away, but already plenty of Louisianans, that is both LSU athletes and Bayou State natives, have their eyes set on competing on the world's biggest stage. And already Olympic trials are underway, including a few trial events in Louisiana. Scott Rabelais covers LSU sports for the Times-Picayune, The Advocate, and he'll be going to the 2024 Olympics to follow Louisiana's top competitors. He joins us now for more. Scott, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Scott, let's just start with the list. Tell us about some of the top LSU athletes likely to compete in the 2024 Olympics. Sure. Um, You know, in uh, Tokyo three years ago, it was the 2020 Olympics, but it was held in 2021 because of the pandemic. I think 21 athletes with Louisiana and LSU ties. And obviously a lot of them have uh, LSU ties, but uh, I would say uh, some of the, the bigger names looking for, um, I'm just going to go down my list of uh, beach volleyball. Uh, Kristen Nuss, who's a New Orleans native, and uh, Taryn Cloth played together at LSU. They're trying to qualify. Uh, they're not currently number two in the world, so they're, they're in really good shape, but, but you have to be in the top two from the United States to, uh, to make it. So it's, it's uh, very exacting. Uh, Neil Skupski, uh, a former uh, LSU tennis player, he, he's from Great Britain. Uh, he uh, played tennis for LSU. He won the Wimbledon men's doubles title. I remember that. Very prestigious. Yeah, very prestigious. Uh, but he's got to find another partner. His partner was from another country. Uh, so you, you actually have to partner with someone from, from your country. But uh, uh, Maggie McNeil, a swimmer from the United States, from uh, Canada, who came to swim at LSU. She won an NCAA title. Uh, she was a gold medalist in Tokyo. Uh, uh, gymnastics, we already have one. Leah Finnegan from LSU uh, is competing. She's from Kansas City, but she uh, her mother is Filipino, so she is uh, she qualified to compete for the Philippines. And so she is she is already in the Olympics, and she has got several other gymnastics hopefuls. Manda Duplantis uh, from Lafayette, uh, the, the world record holder in um, pole vault. Uh, he's, you know, the you know, overwhelming favorite. Shikari Richardson, uh, former LSU sprinter, won the women's uh, 100-meter dash in the championships in Budapest last year. Uh, uh, we have uh, Aliyah Hobbs, who was a silver medalist in the relay in Tokyo. She's a former LSU gym, uh, competitor. Um, uh, some, some, some interesting athletes. Uh, I would say uh, uh, tumbling is a sport. You, you have artistic gymnastics. You have you have uh, rhythmic gymnastics. You have tumbling. And we've got three... Uh, 
athletes from from Lafayette, Nicole Ozinger, Sarah Webster, and Alice Shostak. I hope I'm saying that first name right. They're all from Lafayette. They all competed in, in I believe, won silver medals in in Tokyo, and they just they just competed recently in the World Championships in Birmingham, England, and they all were gold medalists. Wow. Okay. Well. That certainly runs the gamut. Well, we've discussed the LSU athletes competing, but what about just some Louisiana natives? I know we talked about those tumblers, but are there any other folks from the Bayou State we should be looking out for? Abby uh, Netta, she's uh, from Destrehan. She's a wrestler, uh, someone someone to watch for. Um, Cameron Carter Vickers has Baton ties. Uh, he, he's a U.S. soccer player. He was on the U.S. World Cup team uh, this this past year. Uh, uh, and he, uh, this, in the last World Cup, his father, uh, Howard Carter, played basketball at LSU. Uh, he did not play at LSU. And Kier uh, 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 Salert Farrow, she's a women's marathoner uh, from New Jersey, but lives in New Orleans. So that that's, uh, she's uh, someone who's uh, uh, going to be trying to compete in the Wow. Sounds like me. I'm a, sounds like me. I'm a New Jerseyan who lives in New Orleans and runs marathons. We are. There you go. Well, okay. <laughs> we, we, you should, you should give it a try. Maybe, maybe you go from talking about the Olympics to me. No problem at all. No problem to make that no, all. no leap at all. We are speaking with Scott Rabelais, who covers LSU sports for the Times Picayune, the advocate about all the Louisiana athletes to look out for at the 2022 Paris Summer Olympics and the upcoming trials. Well, one name that a lot of listeners surely recognize is Shikari Richardson. Can you just remind us about what kept her from the last Olympics and what her journey has looked like ever since? Yeah, it's uh, it, it was a, a very you know, controversial situation. I would say, you know, going going into the uh, going into the twenty twenty Olympics, which were in twenty one, uh, she was. Uh, she was kept out of the game she was for a banned substance and she she admitted a lot of athletes they try to make excuses you know about hey i didn't know it was this or that she she had uh you had come from the death of her mother uh i believe and, and so she smoked marijuana which was a banned substance and you know they, they kept her off the team she knew it was something that she was probably would was going to get her knocked off the team and, and unfortunately it happened and she would have been a tremendous sprinter well she's even better now she's even you know more prominent in the world stage. In fact, NBC has their, their promos, you know, leading up to the Olympics, you see them coming in and out of a commercial break. And she's, she's hitting one of those where she's running at the world championships and winning. And then there's, there's a back, backdrop of her with the Eiffel Tower behind her. She's a, a fascinating story. I mean, you know, kind of, there were, it was, it was a big controversy then, you know, should this, should she be banned? It, 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 is, is this right? Is this too harsh? Uh, and uh, now it's like I think I think a lot of people are pulling for her, knowing that she had a chance to be a medalist three years ago, and now that she's mm-hmm. she's a world champion, you know she's you know it's you know, by far uh, certainty that she's going to win a gold medal. Well, you seem pretty confident that Shakari Richardson is going to leave with a medal, but who else? Who of these Louisiana athletes has the best chance of making the podium? Well, I think I think Mondo Duplantis, as I said, the pole vaulter is number one. He's he's the world record holder. He's arguably on his way to becoming the greatest pole vaulter in in the in the history of, of his sport. He competed in uh, track and field at LSU. His brother uh, was a uh, baseball player at LSU. His parents were both track athletes. They had a, a track uh, a a pole vault runway in their backyard in Lafayette growing up, like everyone does, right? And uh, he's 
like I said, already the world record holder. It, it would be almost an upset if he doesn't. It would certainly be an upset if he doesn't win the gold medal. It would almost be an upset if he doesn't win the gold medal and set you know extend his own world record. If any of these LSU gymnasts, and I don't mention, I mentioned uh, Leah Finnegan is competing for for uh, the Philippines, but LSU has a freshman Connor McLean, who was the 2022 U.S. National All Around Champion. That's the event that Simone Biles won last year as part of her big comeback. And they've got two recruits named Lincoln and Zoe Miller. If any of them are on the team, they're going to win a, a gold, a team gold medal at the very least. And the U.S. women's team is that, as I said, it's that hard to, to make that team. It, it's it's mm-hmm. it's highly highly competitive. And only five only five spots. And uh, and I would say um, uh, Maggie McNeil, the swimmer, the Canadian swimmer, I think she's probably going to be a, a big, uh, have a big chance to win uh, multiple medals in Paris. And, and, and Kristen Knudsen and Terry Paul, the beach volleyballers, I would say, being number two in the world. is I mean, their first Olympics, but they're, they're highly uh, seasoned on the on the international uh, beach volleyball stage. And I would think they're they're going to be right up there. Well, we mentioned that part of the reason we are having this conversation now is because trials are ongoing, including at least two Olympic trial events in Louisiana. In December, we saw boxing trials happen in Lafayette. And in West Monroe, we're going to have table tennis in March. So why is it that these seemingly random sports trials are happening in these Louisiana towns? And what kind of energy and excitement is this bringing to Louisiana? Well, you know, it's uh, first of all the Olympic trials. They're they're in the different sports are all over the country, right? Um, uh, gymnastics is going to be in uh, June in Minneapolis. Uh, with the uh, also in June the U.S. track trials in Eugene. Uh, the U.S. swimming trials going to be in Indianapolis. And you mentioned to the you know with the you know boxing and table tennis in Louisiana. The, the, they're like the people bid on these things. These are these are not. Uh, it's not Super Bowl. It's not it's not necessarily the, you know the Final Four. In basketball, but you know these are events, especially for middle middle-sized cities like Lafayette and Monroe, that uh, it, it can bring some prestige. And it's like, hey, these people are gonna, you know, their their Olympic dream, their road to Paris goes through Monroe, goes through Lafayette. So it's uh, it's exciting to, to 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 see these things happening in Louisiana. Definitely. Well, Scott, you'll be covering the Olympics in Paris, as we mentioned. But until then, what are you looking out for as these athletes prepare for what may be the biggest competitions of their lives? Well, we're, uh, after, after the Super Bowl, we're going to be starting to ramp up uh, some of our coverage with features on, on athletes, you know, what they go through to, to train and to get ready for it. This is a big stage, right? For, you know, if people know maybe Amanda Dupayanasara. When there's a basketball player like Shaquille O'Neal was a was a U.S. Olympic basketball player or someone of that from LSU, but so a lot of sports this is the, the one time every four years people really pay attention to it, and and, and so this is their big stage, and so uh, yeah, we're going to be trying to tell some of those stories because uh, Louisiana people are proud of their athletes, you know, from from Louisiana and, and are rooting for them, and it's going to be you know it's it's their moment, and you, you hope that they uh, yeah, that we see a few of them up on the podiums uh, in Paris uh, and, and doing well in those competitions. But just to compete is, is, is something. You know, just to compete is, is quite an achievement. And they've definitely got an entire state that's going to be cheering for them. Scott Rabelais covers LSU sports for the Times-Picayune, The Advocate. Thanks so much for being here. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. From WWNO in New Orleans and WRKF in Baton Rouge, you're listening to Louisiana Considered. I'm Alana Schreiber.
While the Olympic journey may end in Paris, for some, it starts in Louisiana. In December, Lafayette hosted Olympic trials for boxing, and in March, the city of West Monroe will host Olympic trials for, you guessed it, table tennis. Alana Cooper is the president and CEO of Discover Monroe West Monroe, and also serves as chairman of the Louisiana Travel Association Board. And she joins us now for more on this event. Alana, thanks for being here. Thanks for having us. Excited to be here. Can you just start by telling us how this came together? How was West Monroe, of all cities, selected to be the site of Olympic trials for table tennis? Well, um, exciting aspect of we just opened the West Monroe Sports and Event Center, which is a facility that could host this. Um, we were in the throes of trying to get ready for opening it. We were out there marketing it. And in the late fall, we ran, a, we were at a, a sports trade show and ran into USA Table Tennis and we're showing them about the facility. And they're like, this might work uh, for what we need for the uh, junior nationals and the, and the, uh, the Olympic trials. And we were like, Oh, exciting. And so we worked with Mark and said, he said, look, I'm coming kind of through there. I'm going to drive about five, six hours out of my way, going to a wedding and I'll come see the facility. So he came over, we did a site inspection, walked him through it. It wasn't finished and it completed, but he could see that we were almost there, which we were finishing in, in December and um, met with the mayor of the city of West Monroe and the facility director kind of got, you know, what do you need? How do we make this work? And we kind of laid out the red carpet for him. He went back to his his group. We put together a package. And basically, you know, that's how it kind of all came together. I don't really know how popular table tennis is in this part of the country. So what are you doing to get residents excited about the event? Oh, our residents are so fired up. It is funny. I was actually at a meeting just a few minutes ago and there we were talking about it. I mean, everyone, it's 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 buzzing because one, it's a unique sport that that, that is not, you know, like I said, we're not having national Olympian Olympians coming out of West Monroe, Louisiana, but it is something that most everyone plays at some point in their life. They've probably played table tennis. They may not necessarily be good at it, but they've they've had experience with it. So to see someone who's really good at it, it's very exciting for our community. And then the fact that, you know, we would have someone here who's going to the Olympics to represent the United States. Our community is very, uh, you know, very community oriented. They're looking for things like that. And there are, I cannot tell you how many people have told me I can't wait to go watch it. Well, can you outline the event for us? How do these different rounds work? How many people will qualify? And does winning this event punch your ticket to the Olympics or are there more trials, more rounds you have to go through? There, there are for the women's division, they will, the, they will be determined here who is going to Paris. The men will still have one or two more qualifiers to do. So we're learning a little bit too, as we go, because this is not a sport that we're as familiar with either, but um, they were just here yesterday. They delivered the table, the tables and the uh, equipment for the event um, it will start on the 19th. We set up and then they're ready to They'll uh, kind of tweak some things on the 20th with the official playing on the 21st. There'll be some rounds um, with those who are qualifying for the Olympics. And then there'll be determination. I think it's over three. I may be wrong on the dates, but it's three or four days. They'll be competing to determine who that is for the women's. But they're also doing the men's and the mix. So um, there will be a, tick, a charge to go and watch. But it's exciting because, like I said, again, we're going to see people who are going to be competing in Paris. I know that in addition to the Olympic trials, West Monroe is also hosting U.S. Junior Nationals. So what can you tell us about that event, the scale of it, how many people compete? 
Um, there's about 250 athletes who'll be coming from throughout the United States for that. Um, those are going to be under 18, and they'll be competing in different classifications as well. So there, that is more on the a little bit more on the amateur side. So there's a little bit. It varies a little bit from the Olympic side, but um, it, the Olympics is amateur. But some of them they may not be as that top level player, but you're also going to be able to compete against some at your at your level. So it's a good variety of athletes from all over that'll be competing. And I said, you'll have different age divisions as well. We are speaking with Alana Cooper, president and CEO of Discover Monroe West Monroe about the upcoming table tennis Olympic trials in her city. And what do we know about some of the competitors coming to West Monroe for this? What are their stories? Where are they from? And how many are there? Uh, well, that's, I'm learning. So we just went to Corpus Christi. So some of the outstanding athletes were there. Um, definitely some athletes who will be here who are going to be, they're going to be being followed by international competition because some of them actually may live somewhere, be originally from somewhere else, but have, have come here to compete for the U.S. because they know that that's where they want to be. That's that's what they want to do. So we did learn a little bit about that. There's a um, someone from... Well, I want to say Thailand, who is coming, who is coming, who has moved to the United States to compete in USA Table Tennis. So there's there's a lot of different stories that are unique out there. I wish I knew them all, but as they get closer, we're getting more and more information. Like the majority of the people who are competing are on the West Coast. There's a huge, huge following over there, as well as in the Houston, South Texas area, and then on the East Coast area up towards the New York area. So those are kind of some areas where there's there's a good demographics from. Right that are participating that are here on that top level. And how many, how many competitors are there? Um, there's around 250 on the junior side. And then there's 150 on the adults. I mean, on the, uh, that will be competing that are not going to be the Olympics, but they're gonna be here for that Olympic trials aspect. Yeah. Well, is there any indication of how an event like this might boost the city's economy? Are you partnering with any local businesses? What are some of the estimates? Yeah, the um, estimates is it's going to be uh, uh, almost $2 million economic impact, um, easy, right at $2 million. And that's indirect impact. That's not rollover. That's that's direct economic impact. With the event being so long, it, with it having the two phases, you know, the Olympic trials and the junior nationals, that's um, a long event. It's 14 days. And so the economic impact is larger with that many. It's not It's not that we're bringing thousands and thousands for 14 days. We're just bringing 250 plus their families and friends for around 14 days. So that makes a very good economic impact to the community. As far as businesses, you know, um, the competitors will be eating and shopping and doing the things when they're not playing because they don't play all day long, but they will watch their competition. So very similar to many other sports, but they will be out in the community. They're looking forward to tasting some great Louisiana food and uh, seafood and uh, some of our what we call Southern hospitality food, which is kind of more that um, home cooking, which is definitely prevalent here as well. So we're looking forward to having them and getting to show Louisiana, you know, off to them. We have that beautiful cypress trees with the Spanish moss out at a Black Bayou National Wildlife Refuge. And then we have a lot of the history here with the Chenault Aviation Military Museum, Beatonhorn Museum, which is, tells the story about bottling Coca-Cola and our connection to Delta Airlines. So there's a lot of fun things for them to do while they're here in town. Sounds exciting. <laughs> Alana Cooper, president and CEO of Discover Monroe West Monroe. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having us. Hopefully, maybe you'll get to come up. From WWNO in New Orleans and WRKF in Baton Rouge, you've been listening to Louisiana Considered. I'm Alana Schreiber. 
Thanks to our guests, LSU sports reporter for the Times-Picayune The Advocate, Scott Rabelais, and president and CEO of Discover Monroe, West Monroe, Alana Cooper. Our assistant producer is Aubrey Purcell, and our engineer is Garrett Pittman. You can listen to Louisiana Considered Monday through Friday at 12 and 7.30 p.m. It's available on Spotify, Google Play, and wherever you get your podcasts. Major support for Louisiana Considered provided by Rouse's Markets, a Louisiana shopping experience, with additional support from the Greater New Orleans Foundation.